Thanks for tuning in to listen to this special China Business Tips podcast, part three. I hope you have listened to part two of the tips podcasts and found the tips interesting and useful for you and your business. If you speak Dutch, hopefully you also listen to part one in Dutch. This is the last part of the tips podcast series. I hope these podcasts have provided you with valuable insights that you can apply to your business. I would love to hear from you. Please send your comments or feedback to mei at ebo.com, m-e-i at i-i-b-b-o-o.com. Starting from Wednesday, September 6th, you can tune in to the new episodes. I'm delighted to welcome you back and bring forth a captivating lineup of guests who will share their stories and expertise with you in season two of our Cultures and Award podcast. I hope you will enjoy this last part of the TIPS podcast. In episode number 11, I have the pleasure of conversing with Monique Knapper. Monique is a co-founder of China Connector and Curitil Bay. She has spent over three decades building bridges between the Netherlands and China through all kinds of roles. She is at the moment the country coordinator of Creative NL and coordinates the Business of Design Week Hong Kong 2023 with the theme of circular design. During the podcast, Monique shared her experiences as an exchange student in China and her work with Chinese radio stations, where she introduced Western music to Chinese audiences in the 90s. She discussed the challenges and enrichments of working and connecting with Chinese people throughout her career. China changed my life, Monique told me. This led her to assume the role of chairman of FNC Association Netherlands China in October 2022. Through FNC, Monique aims to foster dialogue, strengthen cultural exchanges, and promote better understanding and collaboration between the people of the Netherlands and China. Please visit the VNC China website to explore their engaging activities centered around China, Chinese culture, and other captivating themes. Enjoy the insightful tips for Monique Knapper of China Connector. What to do in China, what not to do. Eh? I think uh, you have to be really realistic. Um, think really clearly what you want to achieve in China because China is big it has many different areas different focus um, also be aware if it really totally depends of course in your your scope on your scope of business you have to really do your homework because uh, in my opinion Chinese do their homework very well uh, you can never really go there unprepared you have to be very specific on what you try to sell or what you try to do. You have to give very good examples also for the, in the Chinese context, not only your Dutch or your European context. You have to try to really envision uh, how things are in China. Of course, that's not possible if you have never been there. So my second tip is that you really go there, do some research, uh, maybe have also some experts with you because uh, there are many examples of people that think that they know everything themselves from the Netherlands. But to be honest, um, it takes time to to understand China. So better to take somebody you trust with you along uh, to 
to really see and listen uh, what is happening. So you need, first of all, to think about what are you going to sell? Why is this interesting for China? And you can only do that real good research if you know your partners or if you know that you're, you know China. So you have to go there and you have to really be interested in your partners, do research and prepare well. That is the two tips, I think, in, in general. And uh, another general tip is to be really open. I mean, open-minded. Um, try to, I mean, it is a very European thing to, uh, to try to scale up things quickly and take China as, um, as a given, but could maybe incorporate in your strategy. But be aware that China has their, his own, its own development and its own culture, a very old culture. So it's not always easy to adapt the Chinese situation, well, adapt your uh, ideas into China as, as you envision it. So you have to be, try to be open to also take some Chinese elements in your, in your projects. I think that can help, really help to, um, to, to grow your business and to start your business. And maybe last but not least, um, yeah, take yeah, take time and be really interested in people. Um, not only going there and be quick and uh, and think that uh, that you know better, because I feel uh, we are all uh, uh, yeah, we should be really respecting each other and and really learn from each other. Some people in the Netherlands still think that. Uh, in China, they're only copying things or they have this image of uh, people not being very creative or not very advanced. Well, uh, be aware. People are very quick, uh, very uh, good adapters, very good listeners and also creating things themselves. So very rightful so. And I feel like China has uh, is also um, uh, totally capable and totally, I mean, we have to respect uh, China's own role and own uh, pace and time and adapting things. In general, Chinese people are still very welcoming the world. And uh, I think we have to be finding ways to adapt to China without losing yourself. That's also very important. Of course, you should not only follow China's path. You have to find a way in balancing. So know what you want to sell, be prepared, be really open and take your time. In episode number 12, I had a nice conversation with Hedda Salzberg. Hedda is the owner of Orange Swallow and Sustainability Included. During the podcast, she shared her journey to China, which began in 1997 when she took the Trans-Siberian Express from Moscow to Beijing. As a business economist, she was fascinated by China's economic growth and outbound activities. Later, she adopted a daughter from China, which further inspired her to start her consultancy business, focusing on China. With 30 years of experience in the sustainability field, Hada also discussed the developments in this area, both in Europe and Asia. She provided her unique perspective on how collaboration between Western companies and their suppliers in Asia can create social and environmental impacts. We also delved into pressing issues such as reducing overproduction, promoting self-awareness, and changing our behavior as consumers. In this podcast, we also mentioned a collaborative initiative between Hada and myself to establish the Netherlands-China Sustainability Circle. 
We strongly believe that through mutual learning and collaboration, we can build a community that contributes to a sustainable future. I hope you will enjoy the valuable tips shared by Hedda Sussberg from Sustainability Included. Relationship, build up relationship is one, is the most important. And the Western people are quite used to to find a, a partner that fits with their business profile or with their products or whatever. And of course, that's that, 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 that's a standard. But how it works in Asia, as I uh, experienced uh, and I read and heard a lot about it also, is um, yeah to build up a relationship with people through meeting them, spending time together. Um, for instance, I would always advise um, if you have a product to sell, uh, try to go to uh, to find uh, in one of the expos. There are expos all over China. You can meet the people in uh, in, in in real. You can show your products, um, but you could also meet uh, meet up later. I, um, I I used and I advise people also to use uh, the Dutch network in China, like uh, the consulates and uh, an embassy, and we have the Netherlands Business Support Offices and BSO in uh, in a lot of uh, in a lot of uh, hotspots in China. I would say they support the Dutch businesses in building up their network, connecting them. So yeah, be prepared to go. And to meet up with people, and what I what I always do is, if I if I spend uh, two or three days uh, in an expo, I have one more week or one and a half more week with a half or almost empty agenda, um, which fills up quite easily because people invite you or you invite people to have a dinner or a lunch together. You you chit chat together about your experiences, what do you think of China, how you live in the Netherlands, maybe your your family uh, situation, your children, your holidays, whatever. But you, you build up something personal. And um, yeah, my experience is also that uh, that's highly valued, that you, you spend that time together. And what, what I feel is that Chinese... Uh, Chinese uh, companies, Chinese business owners, what they do not do like we do in the West, they do not invite uh, 20 other competitors of yours or, or three, four, five other competitors of yours and do the same. If you, if, if what you offer or if your business plan or your products are fitting well, um, you're a nice person, they la- you like each other, you feel a click privately also. Um, yeah, then, the, the, then they don't see why they should not do any business with you. So um, spending time, having time, not, not just rushing and uh, uh, going back to, uh, to Europe after an expo or something. I think that's the best, uh, the best uh, way to do. And, um, and also be open, be open to each other. Like uh, they can learn from you, but you can also learn from them. There's a lot of wisdom and value and experience on the Chinese side. That's also with the sustainability. I think, uh, yeah, May and I, we, uh, we, we, we are both uh, yeah, willing to do, uh, to do some more exchange uh, in sustainability in the field of uh, uh, people in, in, the, in, in the Netherlands that are more 
yeah, I would say um, uh, devoted to to develop some new things and uh, and improve uh, sustainability issues. And the Chinese counterparts, there's so much uh, experience in uh, in Chinese uh, companies, also in uh, sustainability and how to solve certain issues. So. Well, we we are we are we are planning uh, together to set up a kind of a community, a, a Netherlands China uh, sustainability circle, uh, a network uh, to collaborate, to learn from each other, to well, maybe to build up uh, new things and new experiences. So, if uh, if you're listening and if you think, okay, I would like to uh, to be part of that, I'm also in sustainability and. Uh, I really have uh, the same mission and would like to uh, to contribute. Well, you could always uh, yeah, approach uh, May or me. In episode number 13, I had an interesting conversation with Yako Bao. Yako is a marketing technology expert who founded WebPower 24 years ago. WebPower is a marketing technology company specializing in email marketing. Ten years ago, Yako also founded Agency China, which specializes in social media marketing. During the podcast, Yako shared his journey of expanding his business to China in 2006, with the mission of introducing marketing automation technology to the Chinese markets. I could write a book about all my failures, Yako said. However, through persistence and strategic approaches, Yako successfully scaled up his business in China three years after starting there. Over the years, WebPower and Agency China have served numerous customers and renowned brands from Western countries and China, assisting them with their marketing efforts in China. It was fascinating to hear about Yako's journey, including insights on cultural differences, varying speeds of accomplishing tasks, and diverse approaches to problem solving. I really enjoyed this conversation and learned a great deal from Yako. I hope you get interesting insights from the tips shared by Yako Bao from Agency China. China is not a side business. So if you do your business here, here in Europe uh, and you think, okay, well, I'll do China as well, it's not a side business. The country is too big. The possibilities are too, too huge. Uh, so if you do it, uh, you need to go uh, uh, full. Means sending the best people uh, or yourself, um, uh, make a reservation of enough money to, uh, to set up the business uh, successfully. Uh, but if you look to the amount of people living in China, the possibilities they have, uh, the... Uh, yeah, the consumers, uh, what they have to spend, it's 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 huge. So it's uh, if you go, go with full dedication and uh, and and do it well, and not just just uh, as a side business. In episode number fourteen, I talked to Martina Weikhausen. Martina is an experienced trainer and instructor from the Netherlands. She worked seven years as chief instructor in Shanghai. During our conversation, Martina shared invaluable insights on various topics. We explored the challenges she faced when introducing the Dutch way of stable management, horse management, and lesson planning in China. Martina also revealed effective approaches to enhance the writing and teaching skills of Chinese coaches, empowering them to excel in their roles. We delved into the perception that only expensive imported horses deserve the highest level of care. 
Martina explained her successful strategies for fostering equal care and teamwork among the Chinese team, emphasizing the benefits of treating all horses equally. Moreover, we explored the process of how she merged Dutch expertise with Chinese equestrian culture, and built one of China's most successful horse riding schools through dedication, genuine human connection, and collaboration. For those intrigued by the fast-growing equestrian industry in China, Martina's honest reflections on her struggles, breakthroughs, and insights into the Chinese equestrian world will surely give you a lot of ideas about this fascinating industry. Enjoy the tips from Martina Weghauser from Aqua Dynamics. Yeah, you must take、uh, time because everything goes a little bit slower than here in in Holland. Is if you wanted, if you come somewhere and and you want to do the management, take your time, not too fast, because、uh, if you are pushing too much, then they are all upset, and then you're you're already. I think it is not possible, and I think it's also important that you have a good relationship with the rest of the team.、Um, for me, they're all the same, always. And if if you you treat them all the same, then now then it's easier to work with them, and、uh, then they help you with everything because the language is also difficult some places. But my relationship with the, with the cleaners is the same as with my boss. But in China, it's really like if you are the boss, we do everything. And but the boss, his ideas are not always the best. Sometimes. He is all. It is not a, some like some god. And if you also do it in a nice way, you also can tell the highest boss that maybe change a little bit, and that is working. Because if you say nothing, they never change, and that is also not working. Because if they hire someone from Europe, they do that because they want to change a little bit. Like the if they not do that, then they can also hire some. One from China, then it's not needed to hire us. But sometimes it is difficult to tell them that on a little bit nice way. <laughs> not make them angry, but you can tell them sometimes what you think. In episode number fifteen, I had a fascinating conversation with Selena Young about art and art market development in China. Selena is the founder of Oid Art. In this episode, Selena took us on a journey of cross-cultural communication through art. She shared her process as a curator for selecting artists and artworks, creating unique exhibitions that provoke dialogue and connections, allowing Western artists to engage with Chinese audiences and vice versa. We also delved into her international artist residency program. Which brings Chinese artists to the Netherlands and Dutch artists to China. Selena provides insights into the transformative power of cultural exchange as artists immerse themselves in new perspectives and find inspiration in familiar surroundings. Selena's in-depth knowledge and experiences regarding the evolving art market in China. Driven by technology and the younger generation's desire for interactive art, shed light on the growing trends and changing dynamics. 
particularly in selling artworks in the Chinese markets. These insights are very useful for people who want to navigate the Chinese art markets. I really enjoyed this conversation with Selena, and I learned a lot from her. I hope you will enjoy the practical tips for doing business with Chinese people.、Uh, first of all, make a friend. <laughs> That's everything.、Uh, I think、uh, friendship is very important,、uh, not only about network. That practical reason. Uh, I think that's also uh, uh, we, we, because we Chinese really、uh, take friendship very serious.、Uh, you you can always bother your friend, and you can always find your friend.、Uh, that's uh, very different.、Uh, so I think that would be always very helpful.、Uh, yeah, practically,、uh, don't call, don't email, but just use WeChat. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's everything. <laughs> you 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 yeah, can pay、yeah. with it. You can you can do business with it. You can set up a group chat, and you can just instantly uh, uh, find someone. Yeah, that's that's maybe very practical. I hope you enjoyed the tips from these five interviews. I truly enjoyed the conversations with Monique, Hada, Yako, Martina, and Selena. I hope you have gained valuable insights from their tips, which you can apply to your business dealings with China and your connections with Chinese people. If you are curious about the stories these guests shared, I highly recommend listening to the complete interviews. For now, I want to wish you all a fantastic summer vacation. Enjoy your time, and hope to welcome you again through my podcast in September. Thank you very much for listening to our Cultures and Award podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to leave a review on your podcast platform and share the podcast with other people. In this way, you will help me reach more listeners. By subscribing to this podcast on YouTube and other platforms, you will never miss an episode. I also love to hear from you. Please share your thoughts. Questions and feedback by sending email to mei at ibo dot com, m e i at i i b b o o dot com, or connecting with me on LinkedIn or Instagram under m e i y a n g. If you want to learn more about how I facilitate intercultural collaboration and the kindness projects I support, be sure to visit my website at ibo dot com, i i b b o o dot com. As a podcast dedicated to fostering cross-cultural connections, I believe that every story shared is a step towards a more united world. Thank you for supporting my mission and joining me on this journey.